Oh, good morning. Welcome to Living Hope Community Church and Happy Mother's Day. My name is Rich Schmidt. I'm the lead pastor here, and it's my privilege to welcome you to worship. The Lord be with you. You know, to get us started today, we have Joe and Crystal Hysaw are going to lead us in song. Uh, but first, they have a few words for us about Mother's Day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us, uh, Joe and Crystal. We just want to say Happy Mother's Day. Um, I got something to read to all the mothers out there. George Washington once said, My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. Mothers have been celebrated throughout the world since the beginning of time. However, the modern version of Mother's Day in the United States was first observed in 1907. In 1914, the U.S. Congress passed legislation designating the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. <clears throat> so, I came across this and I thought it was just really, really funny. And um, here's some things that mothers might think to themselves. If evolution really works, how come mothers only have two hands? It's never easy being a mother. If it were easy, fathers would do it. Insanity... Insanity is hereditary. You get it from your children. I'd like to be the ideal mother, but I'm just too busy raising my kids. Children are natural mimics who act like their parents, despite every effort to teach them good manners. Working mothers are guinea pigs in a scientific experiment to show that sleep's not necessary to human life. The only thing children wear out faster than shoes is their parents. Setting a good example for your children takes all the fun out of being middle-aged. Uh -huh. My mother told me a million times not to exaggerate. I want my children to have all the things I couldn't afford. Then I want to move in with them. The most remarkable thing about my mother is that for 30 years she served the family nothing but leftovers. The original meal has never been found. My mother's menu consisted of two choices, take it or leave it. There's only one pretty child in the world, and every mother has it. Mothers of teens know why some animals eat their young. Mirror, mirror on the wall, I am my mother after all. So those are just some funny things that uh, we thought would be a cool start to the day. Um, again, thank you for joining us. We miss you guys. We can't wait to get back to church and being together once again. Um, if you want to join us in worship today, uh, let's start with Lay Me Down. So I've got a reading from, actually, Sing to the Lord, our hymnal, on page 728. It's titled, Mothers. It's kind of a read and response, so it should come across at the bottom. Mothers. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all of the days of her life. She selects wool and flask. And works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships. Bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark. 
She provides food for her family. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but, but a, woman a woman who, who fears, fears the, the Lord, Lord is, is to, to be, be praised. praised. Whew, thanks. Uh, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. God, thank you for the amazing love that you've shown us and the opportunity we have to gather to worship you today uh, in all the different places where we find ourselves. We know that you are present with us, and we thank you for that, God. Uh, we pray that uh, as we turn our hearts and minds toward you, uh, as we uh, have been singing to you, as we are praying to you, as we listen for your Spirit speaking through the Scriptures, God, we pray that you would make your presence known to us, that you would connect with us, that as we lift our, our praises and our thanks to you, as we've done just now, that you will receive those and, and be glorified, be honored um, for the role that you've played in our lives. God, as we lift our needs to you, our anxieties, our fears, um, all the, the mix of things that we carry with us into this time, God, as we lift those up to you, we do so uh, with hope and with faith, God, that you are the one who can do something about our circumstances. God, we lift them up to you because... Uh, in Jesus Christ, you have shown us just how much you love us and how far you will go to connect with us, to help us to know that we are loved by you. Uh, God, you have been faithful. You have been good. But you know that sometimes it's a struggle for us to feel that, uh, to see that in the, way that our life, in the ways that our lives are going right now. Uh, so God, in the middle of that struggle, uh, we want to, to stumble toward you at the very least, in our hearts, in our minds, in our prayers, God, to reach out to you, to ask you to please uh, give us some measure of peace, uh, to give us wisdom, to give us direction, uh, to give us hope. God, you know that uh, we come to you today uh, from all sorts of different places. Some of us feeling great, some of us feeling tired, some of us feeling stressed, some of us feeling frustrated, um, some of us feeling guilty and ashamed. God, we bring all of it to you. All of us today, uh, God, we are deciding that instead of hiding from you, which makes no sense because you see it all anyway, instead of hiding from you, we're going to respond to your invitation to meet with you, uh, to come to you, uh, to invite you to, to heal what's been broken in us, to, to strengthen us where we're weak, to forgive us where we have failed, to remind us again of your great love that you have for us. Thank you, God. Thank you for your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. I, I hope you extended that back to me. And uh, again, I am looking forward to the day when we get to be together uh, to greet each other and to extend the, the peace of Christ. Although I guess it's going to be quite a while before we can do so with handshakes or hugs or, or those sorts of things. Uh, hey, before we dive into the message, um, I do have some brief announcements I need to let you know. Uh, if you've missed it previously or you just need a reminder uh, of where we're headed uh, in the days ahead, um, we are going to continue to be online only through the month of May as far as services and small groups and all that sort of thing. Uh, we're not going to be having meetings happening at our church building uh, during the month of May. Uh, 
some of you have spoken to us and told us that you would rather we uh, proceed with caution, uh, that you don't want to rush into anything. And, uh, and so we're going to honor that. And, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, and then, so sometime in the month of June, uh, probably early in the month of June, we're going to begin to welcome you back to the building. Though, of course, it's going to be very different at first. Um, it's not going to be just a return back to, to everything that we've, uh, the way we've done it before. Uh, but we've got some time to, to help prepare you for that and to prepare ourselves for that, uh, for me to prepare for that, of how to lead uh, a congregation that is spread out around the room and unable to touch each other and, uh, and all the rest. So we, uh, we want to make sure that uh, not only are we uh, loving God, but that we're loving you, that we're loving our neighbors. And so part of that means making sure that we keep you safe uh, during this time. So. Uh, all right, so that's that's going to be happening. Uh, until then, if you'd like to connect, uh, obviously we continue to have uh, video chat opportunities through Zoom on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday nights, uh, as well as time for kids and teens. That information is all on our website at livinghope.info, and it's in the emails that uh, that I send out each week. Uh, if you're not getting those emails, let us know. Maybe mention that on a digital connect card this morning. I would love for each one of us uh, to take a moment, uh, to take 30 seconds to fill out one of those digital connect cards and uh, let us know that you were with us today. Uh, maybe let us know who's watching with you, where you're watching from, um, that sort of thing. Let us know if you have a question or a need or some way we can be praying for you, or maybe you're thanking God today. Uh, that's a chance for you to share that as well. Um, we would love to be able to, uh, to connect with you, respond to feedback, um, all of that. Uh, and finally, um, this coming Saturday is the Global 6K for Water. Uh, done by World Vision, and we've been a host site for that for the last several years. This is the first year in a while that we haven't been able to do the big party out at, out at Old Fairgrounds Park and celebrate as we all walk around that track uh, five times to, to get the uh, three and three-quarter mile distance in. Uh, that's what 6K is. It's the average distance that uh, kids and people in some communities around the world have to walk every day, uh, sometimes multiple times a day, in order to get water because they don't have water right there in their home or even in their village. They're having to walk, carry buckets. I just read a story this last week of a woman who had to carry a wagon full of like uh, empty soda bottles and things uh, to gather as much water as she could. She'd made that trip three times a day uh, so that her family would have water to, to bathe with, to cook with, to wash their hands in. We've all been washing our hands like crazy. They don't have water to do that. So if you would like to help change that scenario for people right now, uh, you can do that. You can go to Valpo6k.com. You can sign up to be a part of the Global 6K, and uh, that will link you up with our team. And if you do it today on Mother's Day, Sunday, May 10th, before midnight, there's a promo code, Empower Moms, I think it is, uh, that gets you $10 off of your registration. That means if you're an adult, instead of $50, it's $40. And if you're uh, 18 or younger, instead of $25, it's just $15. So another donor is covering the, the rest of that. Um, so I would love to see you join us if... Um, uh, if you sign up today or tomorrow, uh, then they're telling us that you'll get your uh, T-shirt and race bib and medal before Saturday. Um, that race bib is something that, uh, that you may want to cherish because that race bib has the picture and the name and the country of the child that you are providing clean water for through this effort. Uh, so again, Valpo6k.com is your opportunity to go to sign up today and, uh, and to make a difference in a child's life. All right. Uh, one of the things that's been uh, striking to me uh, over these past uh, few weeks, these past several weeks now, as we have been uh, in the midst of uh, the stay-at-home orders and uh, responding to uh, this uh, pandemic, uh, is the, how differently that we're all experiencing this whole thing. Uh, for some of us, it's just chaos. Uh, we, I know in our house, we have twin four-year-olds, and my wife and I both work full-time. And instead of, all of a sudden, 
they can't be watched by the people who are watching them. They can't go stay at my parents' house a couple days a week. We can't just go to work and do our work like we normally have. We have to take turns and one of us is watching the boys while the other of us is doing work and, and staying up late and trying to make things happen. Uh, it's been pretty chaotic at times. For some of you, it's, it's like the exact opposite. It's just been boredom. You can't go and do anything and you don't have a lot that's keeping you busy at home. And so you're just kind of stuck and wondering like, what is this for? Man, I'm going to go stir crazy. If I can't get out of the house, if I can't go see someone, if I can't sit down at a restaurant or go see a movie, well, I mean, what am I going to do? Um, and it's just driving you nuts. So <laughs> for some of us, it's chaos. For some of us, it's boredom. And it's interesting to me that if we go all the way back to the beginning of our Bibles, uh, that God deals with both of those issues in Genesis chapter 1, at the very start of the whole thing. Uh, chaos and, uh, and emptiness uh, are the two things that, that God deals with in creation. Now, for the last few weeks, we've been going back to Genesis, looking at uh, mainly chapters 2 and 3, as God creates humanity, places us in this garden, gives us uh, his life, uh, gives us purpose. And then we saw last week how we screwed that up. We trusted the wrong person. Uh, we trusted ourselves more than we trusted God uh, to guide us in life and to tell us what, what was right and what is wrong. We wanted to make that decision for ourselves and, uh, and disconnected from the God who made us, the God who loved us, uh, with dire consequences. Uh, but today, I'm realizing we probably should go all the way back and actually read chapter 1. We've, uh, we've kind of skipped over that. Um, and so today, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning of the book and, uh, and see how um, this story of God's creation actually can help us with these, these twin issues of, of chaos and, and emptiness. Uh, so I, I was going to say, turn with me, if you will, to the first page of your Bible, but we're going to put the words on the screen, or maybe you've got the, the Bible app open there somewhere, uh, or maybe you're just going to read along. But the very first words of Scripture uh, say this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Those are the first two verses. Um, and uh, you're going to see all kinds, there are all kinds of interesting patterns going on here. Uh, the first verse has seven words in the original Hebrew. The second verse has 14 words, seven times two. Uh, you're probably already familiar with the fact that Genesis chapter one takes the form of a seven-day week and God creating during that time. Uh, there are all sorts of sevens that go on in this passage. We're not going to spend a lot of time digging into those. Uh, it seems that there are parallels here to, uh, to the temple as, and the tabernacle and the temple, that God is creating the universe as a place for him to inhabit, for, for him to step in and to do life with us in our midst. Uh, but we're going to go kind of a, a different direction today. That's all there, and it's intriguing, but, but we're not going not gonna to chase that today. Uh, so did you, did you hear how when God first creates, he creates everything, heavens and earth, and then it says at the beginning, uh, everything is formless and empty, uh, or formless and void, I think was a translation I grew up with. Uh, Hebrew words are tohu vabohu, uh, but it, it just means formless and empty. There's no form to any of it. It's just shapeless. It's chaotic, and it's empty. It's devoid of life. There's nothing happening there. Uh, we read that it says it was dark. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, you know, the oceans. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So God is present there, and the Spirit of God, or the wind of God, uh, the breath of God, this is the same word that's used, translated spirit, wind, breath, that God is present there over these, these waters. Um, now, the waters in, uh, in ancient Near Eastern thought 
uh, often were considered just formless, chaos. I mean, the waters were just chaotic. They could kill you. You know, you fall in there and you die. You fall under the ocean uh, and you're done for. Uh, the story of Jonah is an amazing example of that. And it takes God sending this huge fish to swallow him to save his life uh, because he's sinking down into the deep. Um, and so this is a picture of creation at the beginning, as God begins to create, that everything is, is formless, chaos, and, uh, and empty. Uh, so we've got those twin problems uh, of, of chaos and uh, with no order to it at all, no shape to it at all, just everything going everywhere, and emptiness, um, no life there. So God begins to deal with both of those issues over these next six days that we're given in this, in this creation story. The first three days, he deals with the first problem, and the second three days, he deals with the second problem. Uh, so, so here we go. Uh, in verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the vault sky. There was evening and there was morning the second day. So there's a picture of like there's water up in the sky above this vault that we see floating around up there in the clouds, and then there's water down here, you know, like the oceans and all the rest. Um, so he has separated light from darkness. He has separated water from water. And then uh, verse 9 says, And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. So God has been taking the, the chaotic waters and he's been moving them, shaping them, forming them, uh, uh, containing them, uh, containing the chaos and allowing, green, uh, allowing land, dry land to appear. Um, and then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it, according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. So the first three days, what has God done? Created light, separated it from darkness. He's uh, created this vault and separated waters above from waters below, and then he's gathered the water uh, below into one place so that dry ground can appear. And then he's allowed that dry ground to produce uh, vegetation. So those are the first three days. Uh, he is giving form to this universe. He's giving structure to it. Uh, in addition to there being just the, the repeated structure of there being evening and morning, the first day, the second day, the third day. Uh, Sometimes in life, we just need a little structure. We, uh, we hurt for it when we don't have it, right? Um, I've, I've heard people joke about during this time uh, not knowing what day it is uh, because they're not going and doing their, their regular routine has been messed with and they don't have a routine now and they're not even sure what day it is anymore. Um, now, I have this regular routine of having a Sunday roll around every week that kind of helps me to remember like, oh, that's right, it's, it's Sunday's coming up. I have to be ready for that. Uh, but, um, but some of us, we just find ourselves needing some structure to our lives, uh, to the chaos. We need God to speak into the chaos and bring, bring order to it. This creation story tells us God is a God who does that. God is a God who can speak into chaos and bring order, bring peace, bring, bring structure where then 
life has room to, to, to grow, to take root, to happen, to flourish. And that's where we go in the next set of three days. In verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years, and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. So God has taken the, the light and the darkness, and now he has populated them with stars, with sun, with moon. Uh, verse 20, And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. So now, just in parallel with the second day, when he separated the waters above from the waters below and he creates this vault called the sky, now he is saying like, okay, now we've got these waters below, let them be full of life. And the skies above, let that be full of life. God is filling this structure, this ordered world now with life. There's room now for life to happen. And then where do we go? Uh, let be fruitful. Evening, morning, fifth day. Verse 24. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And so now on this land that has appeared, that's got vegetation on it, now there are animals to, to live there, to eat the vegetation, uh, each according to their kind, um, multiplying, and it's good. Then God said, and we've read this one before, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of, in the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made. And it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So we see now that God has ordered the world. He has, he has pulled back the chaos. He has contained the chaos uh, to its appropriate place. He has created space for life to flourish. And now he has filled those spaces with life, with living creatures, um, with us. For some of us, as I mentioned earlier, that's, that's what we need. We need God to take, we've got an ordered world. I mean, there's just, there's nothing, there's just nothing there. You know, we've got all this empty space, this empty time, and we need something to fill it. And God is able to speak into those empty places and fill our lives with, with life, with meaning, with purpose, uh, with beauty. So that's six days. There should be a seventh, right? Um, 
So we get to verse 1 of chapter 2, and it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So um, that concludes the week, the creation week. Uh, we see that God, um, God um, conquers the chaos, uh, controls it, contains it, making room, uh, creating space for life, giving order to the world. Um, and we see that God then fills that space with life. And once God is done with it all, he rests. I mentioned earlier the, the structure that some of us need, and I wanted to wait until I'd said that about the seventh day uh, to go back to that, uh, because um, for some of us, for some of us, the, the, the chaos, like if we, want to, if we want to enjoy some of the order that God brings to the world, we need to participate in that. We need to participate in the order that God has created. We need to allow there to be evening and morning, time to sleep and time to be awake, you know, time to work, time to rest. We need to follow his pattern of, of Sabbath, that we have six days to do our work. And then the seventh day, it's okay to rest. It's okay to recognize that, like, you know what? Uh, the world is going to go on even if I take a break. Even if I'll just let God run the world today. I don't, I don't need to be at work today. Uh, today is a day where I get to rest. I get to be refreshed. And, um, and God sets that pattern for us there in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, and it appears, again, in Exodus and Deuteronomy as God is giving his people uh, his commands, his instructions for how to live as human beings here in this world, uh, where He one of the Ten Commandments is to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy, to rest, to, to enjoy this little piece of, of paradise, this little, this little slice of, uh, of what God had intended for us. Everything else might be somewhat broken, and the, the chaos may have slipped back into our lives uh, as we as a people, as, a, as humanity, as creation, as we have disobeyed God, as we saw last week, as we've not lived according to the, the, the plan that God has for us, um, there is chaos. And uh, I'm experiencing it week, week in and week out, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I, I'm not saying this is something that I have done perfectly. I am not. Uh, this is a real struggle for me right now. There are, there are too many nights where I'm pulling all-nighters trying to get things done. Uh, there are too many weeks where I'm not getting a Sabbath break uh, because it's just very, very challenging right now. And, uh, and every time I do that, um, I, I fail to experience the life that God created me for. Uh, I'm, I am missing out on something that God wants for me. Uh, but I just wanted to confess that, to let you know that I'm a fellow traveler on this, and, and these are not easy things um, uh, to live into right now. Uh, but for some of us, that might be what we need to do. We, not, we might need to look at the order and the shape that God has given to the world and say, okay, God, my life is chaotic right now. I need your help to order it. Um, so please, <laughs> would you help me to do that? Would you help me to live into the order that you have given, uh, into the, the structure that you have given to the universe, the evening and the morning, the, the time to sleep, the time to be awake, the, the days to work and the day to rest? Um, you know, that was something I wanted to point out as well. Uh, how is it that God brings order to the chaos? What does he do? If, if this if we were gathered on a Sunday morning, I'd be asking, I'd be waiting for responses. But, uh, and maybe some of you are talking to your, your TV or your computer or your phone right now, but uh, I can't hear you, sorry. Uh, he speaks. God speaks, and, and it happens. God speaks, 
and and things get in line. Uh, the order the the order happens. Um, perhaps something we need to do during this time is listen for God's voice, listen for God speaking, uh, invite God to speak to us. Uh, I'm reminded of the the story where Jesus is in the boat with his disciples. And the storm is raging, and the disciples think they're going to die. They're bailing water as fast as they can, and they say, we're not keeping up with it. They turn, and they see that Jesus is sleeping. Jesus isn't worried. He's, he's having a nap. And they go, and they shake him awake, and they're like, Master, don't you care? We're going to drown. And Jesus stands up and, and looks around and speaks to the wind and the waves. It's peace. Be still. And the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus came to us uh, to reveal God to us, to help us to see who God is and can be in our lives. And perhaps we just need to invite God to speak. Maybe we need to turn to him in desperation like those disciples did and say, God, uh, I'm drowning here. I'm not able to keep my head above water right now. And, you know, I've shared my little bit of it, but I know we all have our own chaos, different bits of chaos that are, that are in our lives. I know from talking to some of you uh, what chaos has been uh, trying to rule your life. And uh, I'm trying to drown you. Maybe in desperation, we need to cry out to God and invite him to speak words of peace, uh, to remind us of his presence, of his power, that he's the creator, that he's got this. Uh, all right. And for some of us, as we mentioned, uh, the problem isn't that there's too much chaos. The issue almost is that there's not enough, you know, that, there, that there's not a lot of life filling the empty spaces, the empty time. And, um, this is a God who can speak into those empty moments too. This is a, the, the God we read about in Genesis chapter 1, the God who's revealed to us in Jesus, is the God who can, uh, who can uh, speak to an empty sky and, and it fills with birds, who can speak to an empty ocean and it fills with fish, who can speak to an, an empty land and it, and it teems with creatures, um, who gives us life uh, just, by, just by speaking the word. So again, maybe we need to be listening for what God wants to say to us. Maybe there's some life that could be taking place that we're just not, we haven't had our eyes open to see it. Maybe there's some activity that we could be engaged in uh, doing some work, uh, some of the work perhaps that God gave us to do uh, that we read about in the rest of Genesis. Uh, maybe there's some things we should be about that we've just not been. Because we couldn't do the normal things, we thought, well, I, I, but I can't go knock on my neighbor's door and have coffee with him. Well, you could text them, you could call them, you could reach out in other ways. Uh, I've heard of people having, uh, having Zoom coffee meetings with people, you know, and hanging out with people, people doing book clubs over Zoom, people doing all kinds of things uh, with video chat of all sorts of different technology that, that helps facilitate those things. But sometimes just an old-fashioned phone call, uh, you know. Um, maybe there are people uh, that God wants you to be uh, calling, maybe on a regular, maybe there's some people from church that normally you would, you would make sure you found them on a Sunday morning to see how they're doing, and now it's been six weeks and you haven't talked to them, and maybe now is the time to pick up the phone and to say, hey, I've missed you. Uh, how have you been? How are you doing? And, uh, and just to reach out and to find out how they are and to see how you could be praying for them, to see if there's something you could do for them. I know there have been some folks in the church, uh, as needs have arisen and people have reached out to me, I've turned around and reached out to folks that I thought might be available, and we've had a, a handful of women in the church that have taken meals to people, um, one person in the church was injured, broke a collarbone, and, and was having an awful time trying to make meals for herself, and, and they provided meals and, and took meals to her. 
uh, somebody else who had been in the hospital and uh, got home from the hospital. And one of the issues was she wasn't eating very well, uh, didn't have the energy to prepare meals. And, and so we had some those ladies from the church that turned around and made some meals and, and, uh, and dropped them off. And uh, some of you right now are a little frustrated that I didn't call you. And I apologize. Uh, I reached out to the, the handful of people that first came to mind. Uh, but if, if you would like to be involved, if there are ways that you would like to be reaching out and helping some folks, uh, you can do it. Uh, there's one person in the church has been making cards and sending them out to people in the church, just cards of encouragement. Uh, other people have just been making random phone calls to people. Um, all sorts of different ways. Maybe you could do something similar for your neighbors. Um, maybe it's just a matter of prayer. Maybe there have been so many times that you've, you've said to yourself, you know, man, I, I really wish I had time to just stop and pray and listen to God and, and spend time, you know, looking out the window at God's beautiful creation or spend time listening to the Bible being read for me through the Bible app or, or whatever it might be. And, oh, wow, look, you have time now. You've already binge watched that whole show on Netflix. You might as well fill some time <laughs> with God's word. Uh, you might as well fill some time with prayer. Maybe now is the time that you start actually journaling and writing out some prayers and, and giving God space to speak in between the words there. I, I don't know what it's going to be. But I do know that, that the God of creation is the God who, who gives us structure and gives us order and then fills that with life. He doesn't leave us empty. Uh, I believe, didn't Jesus say that he came so that we could have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly? I mean, he wants our life to be filled, filled with his life, not just full of activities. That's one thing that hopefully as we come out of the uh, stay-at-home orders that some of us may be rethinking. Uh, I know I've talked to people who are rethinking how busy their lives were that they were constantly running and now they're realizing, well, I kind of appreciate having some downtime in the evenings. I kind of appreciate being able to just spend time with my, my spouse or my family uh, without having to be going and doing something. Um, maybe we're going to rethink some of that. Our lives don't have to be full of activity to be full. Uh, but there's an opportunity then for God, uh, for God to speak, for God to be present and at work. All right. You know what? God is good. And uh, he provides us with an opportunity. Again, this, this whole Genesis uh, first creation story, Genesis 1, going, leading into chapter 2, um, it culminates with this Sabbath day, with this opportunity to rest. Um, as Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That is the invitation that is before us today. Uh, whatever your life looks like right now, whether it's filled with chaos or whether it feels kind of empty, uh, Jesus is the one uh, who can address both of those issues. Um, Jesus is the one who can give us life. Uh, so let's bow our heads and let's talk to him today. God, thank you for the love that you have shown us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for reaching out to us in the midst of our chaos, in the midst of our emptiness, and bringing us the life you created us to live. God, some of us right now, we are desperate for that. Uh, we are desperate for, uh, for some rest, for some peace, for some order, some structure to our chaos. Some of us, God, we are desperate for some life, for some activity, for an end to some boredom and emptiness that we've been feeling. God, you know the places where each one of us are. And right now, we invite you to speak. To speak and give, uh, to give life to us. To give rest to us. To give us purpose to give us an awareness of your presence and your love. God, some of us, we go each and every day just kind of going through the motions, um, sometimes scrambling, sometimes not, but God, unaware 
of your presence with us, unaware of your love for us. God, please, would you help us to put an end to that? Please, God, would you help us to live instead with an awareness of your presence right here? You have created uh, all, all of this. Um, go back to that temple image. You, you want to dwell with us. You want to live among us. You want to be present with us. You came to us in Jesus. You came close. And now you have poured out your Holy Spirit uh, so that right now, wherever we might be, we might not be physically together, but God, you are right here with us, each and every one. So would you, be, would you make us aware of your presence with us? Would you be good and gracious? Would you be faithful? Thank you, God. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me one more time? Thank you, God. And thank you for being all those things for us that we've just sung. Um, our deliverer, our healer, uh, all that you bring to us, God. Thank you. It is in the name of Jesus that we come to you today because it's in Jesus that we see your love displayed so perfectly. So God, today we ask that you would fill us with the Spirit of Christ, with your Holy Spirit, so that as we go uh, about our lives, as we continue to, to live uh, the life you created us for, God, that we might do it as your kids, as your people, as the body of Christ uh, scattered around our community, looking forward to being together, sure, uh, but not wanting to miss uh, the ways that you are present with us even now, the ways that you want to, uh, to give life to us today. Thank you, God. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.